Astra Travelers, and welcome to another episode of Tales of Tavat, a Genshin Lore podcast. Last week, we discussed our sassy bestie, Cloud Retainer. We're hoping to see more backstory from her and the rest of the Adepti sometime soon. This week, we'll be discussing the three moon princesses. Additionally, I want to remind travelers to visit talesofdevot.com to see visual representations of the lore mentioned during today's podcast. Your guides have put them together for you to make things a little easier to understand. On our site, you can also find some awesome goodies, including artist spotlights from the community for each episode, wallpapers for download, and a way to check out some of our favorite Genshin merch. Finally, feel free to email us at talesofdevotpod at gmail.com to let us know what you think of this week's episode and what topics you'd like to see in the future. Before we hop into things today, though, I do want to let our travelers know that this episode is going to be full of speculation, conspiracies, headcanons, and more. So please bear with us as we go through it. There is not a lot of known content out there about the three moon princesses, but we think they're pretty important and we mentioned them quite a few times last season, so we wanted to really take a moment to deep dive into them. That being said, the first time we really hear of the Moon Princesses is in the two books, The Pale Princess and the Six Pygmies, Volume 1, or in the Moonlit Bamboo book series. I have a very important question to start off. Yeah. Are they actually princesses? Yes. They're referred to as sisters in the Moonlit Bamboo Forest book. I don't think they're referred to as princesses anywhere. In a few places, and I think, I can't remember if it's the one book series we find in the way. Bamboo book series about the moon princesses. He calls them moon princesses. And I think it's because he calls what they live in the lunar palace. Okay. Yeah, I know they're from the lunar palace. And I've always thought of them as princesses. But when I was actually looking, I was like, wait, are they? <laughs> We've made them princesses. They're important. <laughs> we just decided I think the, because I kept going between the pale princess and the six pygmies so therefore everybody's a princess because the pale princess you know right. just <laughs> everybody's a princess but I think that's a really good question be about the princess part I feel like I'm with Al in Moonlit Bamboo book I think he refers to the lunar palace and everything but I also think people might be just assuming they're princesses as well mm-hmm because why would these sisters be given such like a great power? Right. And they're like sovereigns of the sky and everything. But yeah, or may, I don't know if people are assuming that the pale princess is one of them. Yeah, I definitely think that could be it. Because when I read the pale princess and the six pygmies, which travelers right now only volume one is available in game. There are seven volumes of the book, I believe. Yes, seven, seven volumes and we received the first volume from lisa um when she has us going to find somebody who did not return a book to the library (laughs) yeah and which is funny because it's like the pale princess and the six pygmies but then there's seven volumes like how they're (laughs) six plus one uh anyway so I do think that people might be making assumptions because for me too, in the Pale Princess and the Six Pygmies, you really have to think hard. Think that that's about the moon princesses too, in my opinion, or the moon sisters. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the Moonlit Bamboo Forest Volume 3 is all about the moon sisters, but it always refers to them as sisters, not princesses. Which is interesting. I feel like some people are like, the moon must be a princess, right? (laughs) It can't just be a commoner. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I guess that kind of leads us to kind of describe what we know about these sisters. I mean, I I have a reference 
to something super Polish. I can't remember the exact myth because my Polish and my Slavic history is not as good as it used to be. But there is a story either between two or three sisters. And in Polish, it's Zoras, which is star. But the morning Zoras midday Zoras. And they're all kind of going through the day to keep at bay the wolf that is at night. And if they ever fail in their duties to do so, it is unleashed and causes a great calamity, which is very similar to what the three princesses are doing, which we'll talk about. But there's some aspects that it could just be considered princesses because in these folk tales, they are referred to as princesses or queens or ladies. And it's just like... You've heard goddesses too. Exactly. Mm. It's interesting, especially because like a lot of people have related the moon princesses to the moon princess story of Lady Kagura in the Japanese folktale Mm -hmm. of the moon princess. And people also relate it to Helios and tracking of the sun, which is something we'll get into even further. Yeah. And there's also a correlation between in the Wiccan religion and mythology, there's a representation of the maiden, the mother and And the the crown. crown. Yeah. Yeah. And there are three different moons. You have a crescent, a full, and another crescent, or waning. Mm -hmm. So before we jump further into this, Mm -hmm. I really think that before we jump into our (laughs) series comparisons, we should actually lay out what we physically know about these sisters from the books and game. Yeah, and can we talk about that book that is really all about them, The Moonlit Bamboo Forest, Volume 3, because I didn't realize it's like a story within a story. Right. So the story in Moonlit Bamboo Forest, the whole series, is about this boy who wanders into the bamboo forest near Mount Shinse and is met by this mysterious woman near a babbling brook dressed in a white raincoat with golden eyes. And the woman offers to lead the boy out of the forest because he's lost. And as as night falls, she starts telling him these different, you know, folk tales or legends. And one of these is about the Moon Sisters, and that sort of like left a big impression on him. And so volume three of Moonlit Bamboo Forest is all about that tale. And it starts with, long ago, three bright moons once hung in the night sky. These three moons were sisters, their years numbering more than that of the Geo Archon, and their year of birth dating before the very bedrock upon which Liyue Harbor now rests so they're really old they're very old (laughs) because we know morax is at least six thousand years old right right yeah so they could have been around if not during the dragon lords maybe even before them yeah right and i was wondering that because it says that their year of birth dates before the very bedrock upon which leeway harbor now rests so does that mean that they were around before there was earth at all and that that was before the human realm was created by the primordial one? Or does it mean that maybe like after the primordial one created the heavens and the earth for humans, that maybe that it just wasn't like rocky or maybe it was water or whatever. And like maybe Zhongli added the rock to the water or the soil or whatever later to build the harbor. It's a little unclear how old they are. Yeah, you know, I definitely got the vibe that maybe the primordial one created them pre-making the human realm. Oh, 
so that they would be in in the elemental realm. Right. So we don't know a lot about the Moon Sisters, but we also don't know a lot about the Seelies. But we know that the Seelie race was around prior to the human realm. So I'm curious if the Seelie court was doing its thing, the primordial one came down and created these moons mm-hmm. and then created the human realm. Because we know that these moon sisters were around for humans. Because Brandon's going to continue explaining Moonlit Bamboo Forest to us. Yeah, I'm actually wondering if the moon sisters were Seelies themselves mm-hmm. um, that were just residing in the lunar palace because we know that Seelies were like running around on Earth. But we also know that Seelies were around after humans came in. But so if Seelies were around before humanity into that, that means that they were, in theory, a part of the light slash elemental realm, right? So they're like elemental beings. Yeah, that's what I would think. That sort of lived under the dragon sovereigns, the seven dragon sovereigns. And then, you know, the primordial one comes down, it creates the heavens and the earth for humanity. But yeah, we don't really know for sure if the primordial one created the moon sisters like did the primordial one create the lunar palace and i'm assuming that there would be like a sun palace as well but we'll get into that in a minute but or were they you know similar to or a part of the Seelie race and they were there before the primordial one even came yeah we're not really sure i also found it interesting that they said that three bright moons once hung high in the night sky does that mean that they were all in the night sky together at the same time. Mm-hmm. Because they were like in a silver carriage. Oh. I had originally thought that it was the three main phases of the moon and that each time they went through with the carriage, they were taking over like, you know, we see the new moon, the full moon. Well, not new moon because that's nothing. The full moon, the half moon and the waning moon, like they were taking over those spots. But as I continued reading and stuff, I actually feel like Tavat had three moons. And then at the end of the story, well, the reason why there's only one now, but I actually think it was more like a Tatooine type thing with multiple moons i felt kind of vice versa and when i know brandon's gonna finish explaining the books we really can get our basis down how who the sisters are for our travelers who are like what are they talking about with carriages and stuff but i was always under the impression that they couldn't all be in the sky at one time and that's why they took their shifts which the book explains right that's why it's confusing so i always thought it was more a representation that there were three bodies of moon that were in the sky revolving kind of like that whole full moon half moon like different yeah. phases of moon that's what i was thinking mm-hmm. like they took turns yeah i go back and forth on it but my question <laughs> is where are the two moons that are off the clock where are they what are they doing are they just like hanging out in the ocean or something? Like, no, they're just behind the other moon. They're just waiting for turn to like creep along and rotate and like. Did you ever wow! wonder what was on the dark side of the moon? There they're you like go. rolling around on the ground, like in a canyon somewhere. Like, I wish it was my turn up in the sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there is a place called the Dark Sea that yes. the yeah. Seelies are said to be from. So it is possible that they were just chilling in the dark sea in the palace of the Seelie court when they weren't on stage type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> in my mind, they're just getting high with the unusual hilly churl. <laughs> I mean, I also think this is another interesting point to bring up about the story because is this some kind of like parable 
that is sort of real events that are embedded in a fairy tale that we know happens in this world or because it gets a little more complicated because we know that you know according to Scaramouche in the 1.1 unreconciled stars event that the stars are a lie so we know that the sky like the stars up above are fake into that current day to that so that makes me think that it makes me take a little bit more of a literal interpretation of this tale but should we be taking that literal of an interpretation or is it really just like they weren't actually like moons they were just like gods or something that were you know had powers over light or something like that i definitely think it could be and that's definitely one of my theories i'll dive into a little bit later but i do want to just finish the book series because we really haven't explained everything we know about them okay so the next part is the moons were daughters of prose and song sovereign over the night sky they navigated the heavens above in their silver carriage alternating with one another thrice a month and there's a little bit of debate if that's the right interpretation of the original chinese text but in any account the english version says alternating with one another thrice a month if the rain was not promptly passed from one sister to the next a terrible disaster would occur that very day so scary. Yeah. And again, so my questions about this part are, is the silver carriage supposed to be the moon or are they inside the moon? Are they the moon themselves? <laughs> is it like some sort of symbol? Right. What is the carriage? And then we're also going to get into another part on the opposite side with the sun chariot, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, again, where the hell are these other two moons hanging out when the third one is <laughs> taking her turn going across the sky in her pretty little carriage <laughs> so continuing on these three luminous moons shared but one love the stars of daybreak only at the fleeting moments when day and night converged could one of the three sisters pass the fading stars and gaze upon the chambers of the morning stars moments later as the new dawn would break over the horizon the carriage would quickly ferry the night sister away so that's very interesting <laughs> because to me that means the moon is moving through the sky right and their carriage and they're from a, the lunar palace so can is it safe to assume because maybe it's not but is it safe to assume that there is the counterpart to that which is some kind of sun palace <laughs> and that there's someone moving the sun through the sky and they like pass by each other right but always miss each other like a little tiny miss and they're kind of like looking behind each other like wait yeah <laughs> Where's that other one? Oh my God, and so could sad. the Light Palace, if there is one, be the Celestial Kingdom from the Battle Pass trailer cutscene thing? Continuing on, the three sisters shared an equal affection for their one and only love, much like the affection they shared for one another. But this was all before the world was smashed against the tides of great calamity. <laughs> Smash! And of course I thought smashed against the tides instantly made me think of a leaf falling off of the imaginary tree into the sea of quanta but we're not going to talk about honka you <laughs> <laughs> tip don't throw themselves out of their windows oh, yes. no. <laughs> with time disasters overturned the sovereign carriage and laid ruin to the halls of the stars the three sisters of the night turned against one another leading to their eternal parting by death only one of their pale corpses now remains ever shedding its cold light they fucking killed each other like legitimately yeah. killed each other <laughs> And then they took the one and put her dead body up in the sky. No, she, I think she just died there because we don't know where the other Ew. ones are. Was she just like the one that was on, on her shift? Yeah. <laughs> the other two like killed her. They're like weekend and Bernie in her. Oh yeah, basically. God. So 
Also, notice that in this part, with time, disasters overturned the sovereign carriage and laid ruin to the halls of the stars. The three sisters of the night turned against one another. So now it's calling them sisters of the night. And yeah. to me, that sounds abyssal. So to me, it sounds like they were maybe corrupted by the abyss, and that's what turned them against each other. Or perhaps the night mother. Yes. <laughs> okay, so here I'm also going to go on a little tangent about the solar relic artifact from the Vermilion Hereafter set. Because this brings up this part of the story in its description. And it says that it is said that when Rex Lapis was still young, the sun was a chariot that raced across the earth. When the three sisters of the night sky were martyred in a calamity, the solar chariot fell into a deep gorge. So this is really interesting because it's saying this happened when Rex Lapis was still young. Mm -hmm. aka Morax, aka Zhongli. So we know Zhongli is 6,000 years old. And this calamity that ended up with the three moon sisters killing each other happened when Zhongli was young. So we're thinking, what, 5,000, 6,000-ish years old? What's young when you're 6,000 years old? <laughs> <laughs> this is really interesting for the timeline because that tells us how long ago they fell in this, you know, calamity happened and a lot of people on the internet talk about the red moon or the blood moon that you see during the cataclysm and that like people say that's one of the moon sisters but uh, even if it is one of the moon sisters i think it's important to note that the moon sisters falling isn't tied into the cataclysm that we know of right. 500 years ago because this calamity happened way before then like thousands of years ago you know b you talking about the blood moon actually made me think of clotar and kari bear during our newest archon line where clotar is talking to his son when his son the hilly troll is first able to talk in human language again clotar says something along the lines of like there's no more red sky here mm -hmm. and so i was very curious if that moon was one of the moon sisters corpses that we see in the Conria cutscene. Also, we see one in Spiral Abyss. So I was wondering if maybe those were two of the sisters and you saying that the sun also crashed makes me wonder if the sun's actually what causes Conria to have a blood sky. And if maybe it has a blood sky 24-7, maybe it's not just because of the cataclysm. Maybe it's always been that way. Is that why they went down underground? He made it seem like it was when shit went bad that the sky went red. At least that was my interpretation from it. Like he was like, it's over. Oh, the okay. big, you know, fight and stuff is over. But I could be wrong. It almost felt like he was trying to be like, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Hmm. I'm surprised that Zhongli too doesn't have any like voice notes about this. Very surprised. What's insane is that after the sun chariot crashes into a deep gorge during this calamity, the mountain people taking it for a sign repaired the device allowing it to shine through the darkness again like why would they call it a device so that tells me that the chariot like the carriage or the chariots are like created by beings or people and that it's repairable and that people were able to repair it i find that really suspicious and weird it sounds very adeptal makes sense because the sun rises and sets normally but isn't the moon never changing like phases in the tavat sky we never see it change it's always shown as a full moon yeah that's weird and isn't it interesting that they go out of their way to mark the different moon phases through the spiral abyss, but we never see a different moon phase? Right. So I think that really leads to what you're saying, Brandon, with but like... It, but spiral abyss, it's only twice a month, right? So 
could it be just like the no i don't know what that would mean actually when you try to reconcile it with actual lunar phases that we're used to i think it could be just a symbolism and i really think it leads to what you were saying about these carriages being technology and maybe the moon itself is the carriage because the sun is continuing to rise and set but the moon is never changing anymore well it does rise and set though yeah i do think it's also really important though to take a moment to acknowledge the sealies as well for our travelers who if you don't know what a sealie is i don't know if you're actually playing genshin but the (laughs) sealies are like the little ghosty wispy things that we help back to their little homes and the little they're actually called quartz the little statues and then they typically give you some sort of treasure or whatnot and there's a bunch of different types of sealies you have the ones on dragon spine you have the ones in the chasm you have the electro sealies there's even some dendro sealies and some of the withering areas so there's a lot of different types of sealies but there was a sealy court and they were said to be this beautiful like ethereal race of creatures well those are technically the sealy ancestors because the sealies we see now sealies of today these are their ancestors when they were like beautiful yeah and like ethereal and very wise and have godlike powers Yes, these Sealy ancestors were said to be beautiful and gorgeous, and they were actually, in some cases, people have read that they were cursed, and that they were told that if they were to fall in love with a human, that their race would lose their intelligence and their form. And that's exactly what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Wait, where does it say that they're cursed that way? It was an it was an Aranara that says it. Oh. That where Paimon's like complaining about the Sealy. Yeah, it's like Amara. I think it might yeah, be one of the R and R is like, oh, the Sealies, and they they tell us the story about them being cursed. They were, and they say that they were born cursed. Yes. For some reason, I thought that when an ancestor of the Sealies found this outlander who is quote unquote human when they met and they marry the three moon sisters or witnesses of their marriage and then 30 days later the great calamity happens where the sun chariot you know crashes and like people are doing that and the overwhelming calamity spread out amongst the Sealy ancestors and once it got to this outlander and this specific Sealy ancestor all of them had been cursed to forget who they were forget that they were of this race and these specifically cursed these two people to forever be separated to never be reunited that's what i thought <laughs> and to have their memories wiped they actually use the wording have their memories were wiped i think right if you're being punished and you're going to be separated but then we're going to make you forget that the other one existed then you're fine you don't even know. Tip's like, let me find the love of my life and then be, and, and if I don't think I've ever found my soulmate. Yeah, I'm like, every time I read it, I was like, well, then that's not really a punishment. It'd be a punishment if they knew that the other person existed and they couldn't be with them. <laughs> Tip's like, just don't let me know that I had found the one. <laughs> no, exactly. Tip's like, I would be fine with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It makes total sense, honestly, because if they were cursed from the start and they were told, like, if you fall in love with a human, younglings, you will perish as much as you know of yourself. You know, you will 
basically be a shell of yourself, which is what we know of the Seelies. It makes sense that they did end up having this curse slow roll out. You know, in the curse mentioned by the Aranara, they don't actually say how long it would take to go into effect. The only timeline we have is that if the sisters didn't do their transition at the right time, then chaos would happen in that day. So I also think that leads back to what Brandon said, where maybe the Moon Sisters were Seelies and they slowly forgot who they were and that's why they attacked one another. But remember they were Sisters of Night at that point too. So I still think that they were corrupted by the Abyss somehow. What if it was both? When they started to lose that feeling of who they really were, Oh yeah, the Abyss was able to take them over. I have a theory that neither were they corrupted or forgot themselves, but they did it because that they equally loved the same fucking person. I like the sentiment, but I don't think that's possible. Like, they definitely had a curse that led them to forgetting themselves. Well, yeah, the Seelies, but I'm thinking, like, the Moon Princesses. Oh, yeah. Yes, specifically that. I mean, they did all love the Morning Stars. Exactly. And the Morning Star, we're assuming, was the chariot that crashed, right? The Sun Chariot, because a Morning Star is the Sun. Right. Like, it's a little unclear if they were in love with a specific person or or being Mm -hmm. or if they were just in love with the stars themselves right that's a good point too it's true so unclear i hate it (laughs) i love it and i hate it at the same time (laughs) this is probably too deep divey what i find really interesting is that they call them morning star because it makes me think of like lucifer morning star as it should because the gods in this game except for one are named after demons yes I was going through my demon tarot card deck this week and I was finding all the Genshin demons in there. It was a great time. (laughs) But I think it's really interesting because what if they were in love with whoever founded the Abyss and they are referring to the Abyss almost as like Lucifer. Well, we know that the Seelie ancestor fell in love with a human. Yes. Or at least in theory, because that's what the Aranara says, right? That it was a human. It wasn't just an outsider. It was a human. That the, the curse is if a Seelie ever falls in love with a human, then they'll forget, you know, who they are and lose their form and everything. Which is interesting because in the other stories, they refer to them as an outlander. So I think a lot of travelers initially hear outlander and think of the traveler because that's mm-hmm. what the unknown god calls us. I also want to just say that the Seelies were said to have lived in, and I mentioned this earlier, but I want to elaborate a little bit on it they were said to have lived in the dark sea which is a place that might still currently exist in Tevat, and honestly probably does still exist in Tevat. but the dark sea is actually outside of the jurisdiction of archons so it's like off whatever map we're gonna have basically do you think it's kind of like the dark sea being like the actual space or oh, i mean <laughs> we could go there i was just thinking the no. dark sea like no one can get up into space and it's kind of the dark sea if you take it like you're watching treasure planet but it makes sense because they're moons the question you could even ask too is is the dark sea in the same realm as in Kanomiya? because another really interesting little fact about the seelies travelers when you bring your seelie and you follow it and chase it back to its little home in most places in Tavat, you are bringing them back to a broken court but in the above ground and underground of the chasm in Inconomia and in the desert they're not broken. So in Monset they're broken, in regular leeway they're broken, in Dragonspine, in Azuma, Watasumi Island, they're all broken. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, because, hold up, 
So the chasm in Kanomiya and the desert. Yep. The only places that don't have a fake sky? Are they broken in the other part of Sumeru or just the desert? I believe they're broken in the rainforest, in the forest area. And I will say the Seelies sometimes fix the quartz when they go back in. Not all the time, but sometimes they fix them. Wait, why doesn't the desert have a fake sky? Because, so, when you're looking at, whether if you're in Mondstadt, in Azuma, in Leeway, and in the more lush version of Sumeru, when you look up at the sky, you can see basically a repeating pattern. It looks like it's been placed. These stars have been placed in a star pattern. Uh-huh. And when you go to the desert, once you cross in there and you look up at the sky, it looks like the actual sky. <laughs> no. So fun fact. <laughs> oh, is it a glitch? Feeny and I <laughs> have proven that it's the same sky. Damn it. I'm but it rotates and like because there's a part of it where all the little pinpoints converge and it looks like a butthole. <laughs> It does. I was just looking up at the sky and in the desert one day. As and one does. I was right underneath the butthole, the sky's butthole. I was just right underneath that butthole and looking up at it lovingly. And I was like, what is that? Why does was the sky it gaping? have a butthole? No, it wasn't prolapsed or anything. It was it looked perfectly fine. But how did it smell? <laughs> What color you know, was it? Fresh as a daisy. It really knows how to take care of itself. Oh my I'm God. glad for them. I'm glad for them. But yeah, so I would go to, like, I found out like when exactly I did that. And then I, I went back to it at the same time of day and looked up and it wasn't there anymore. And then I teleported to like other areas and I found it in, I think it was in, for me, it was above the jade chamber when I looked at it on this other day, but it was like at the same time. But then what's weird is that Feeny was look, looking for for it too now was it like above star snatch cliff or something yeah for i think you, i found you? it in star snatch and so we were on at the same time and we were at the same weren't we at the same time of, of night i think we might have been in each other's worlds even yeah oh. <laughs> yeah it was bizarre just holding hands at star snatch cliff looking at the sky butthole as the, one that should. butthole's moving all over the place and it's it like really is it's like celestia different for different people but i encourage <laughs> everyone to like look for the guy's butthole at night i legit <laughs> thought it was so different and i thought that maybe the desert was special and now i know that it's not in the half my theory is out the fucking window <laughs> i think it's just that we don't look as much at the sky i think the desert really shows the sky off for the first time in the game and yeah. the other thing that brandon and i were seeing when we were testing this out was the milky way like there's like that milky way in the sky that you yeah. can almost always see at star snatch but of course that night it wasn't at star snatch and i was like are you <laughs> and I was seeing it in Sumeru. And... Yeah, so it definitely is moving around. But I did just want to say that, you know, the Sealy courts are not broken in like some of these lesser lower areas. So there is the thought that maybe the Sealies were living in that area. We do know that Inkanomiya was not a godland by any stretch. And we know that Conria was able to walk over to Inkanomiya, even though it had sunk below the ground. <laughs> so they definitely could have lived in that same realm, which is interesting. And maybe that's where the dark sea is maybe it's not like on the other side of inazuma maybe it's underneath us which is really horrifying hmm. picking back up after we talked about the disaster that overturned the carriage and the three sisters of night turned against each other and one of their pale corpses now remains in the sky so it says that the wolf packs 
are children of the moons. They remember the calamities and the tragedies that ensued. Hence, they lament the fate of their mother with each new moon. It is also why those who live among the wolves call the morning stars the surviving love of the moon, the grievous stars. So a couple things about this paragraph. You know, if we're going to take this literally, does that mean that like creatures like Andreas are descendants of these moon sisters? That could be an interesting like idea. Like what if he's the son of one of them? Possibly, because we don't know how old they are. We don't know if they've, you know, gotten down and busy. But <laughs> we do know there's connections with wolves in the moon. Mm -hmm. We know he's ancient. Ancient! And also, kind of like back and forth of that, dragons are usually seen as more of a sun motif. And we could think of dragons as the seven dragon lords, mm -hmm. as the children of the morning star in that mm -hmm. way. There's no reason that we couldn't think that. There's also not a lot of evidence for it either, but... I also found it a little strange that this says, hence they lament the fate of their mother with each new moon, because that implies that there definitely was like a moon cycle, like if they had a new moon, or, or that could just mean that when one sister was like, clocking out and the other one was clocking in and that's the new moon but it still looked <laughs> full in the sky like there's still a full moon yeah they just turned the light off in the office <laughs> and i will say it's interesting i looked and razor does not have any voice lines lore story but he's like a million times removed well but he was raised with the wolves and that's what they mention in the bamboo forest yeah yeah if anyone was going to have a voice line about it it would be him right all right and then the last paragraph this is the strange the strange woman in the white raincoat with the golden eyes talking to this boy before the ancient immortals established the universe there were gods that wandered across the lands it was at this time that many of the adepti came into being but what about before then only broken memories and fragments of the past were turned into stories and stories turned into legends passed down among the people. So I thought that was really interesting because I was always wondering when gods sort of came to be in this game. And I always kind of assumed it was after the primordial one, but this is basically implying that they were there before the primordial one. Because I'm assuming that before the ancient immortals established the universe, I'm assuming that means the primordial one creating the heavens and the earth, right? It kind of goes into my theory of why they died, why the curse happened, and how they're connected to Lumina Nather. I mean, so I'm thinking the gods were like around, at least they were starting to be around like during the seven seven sovereign time mm -hmm. when it was just the light elemental realm i mean that would make sense since we're assuming zhongli saw the fall of like the sun and isn't guoba aka guba guba isn't he just like a tiny bit older or is he just younger than zhongli i don't know i don't know we know that he was like a part of the guayli team right i didn't think he was as old as him okay makes sense because i know he's the oldest archon i just didn't know if he was the oldest god but it's interesting because we know that the time of the gods overlaps with the moon sisters a little bit because Zhongli was young when they died. And, you know, I mean, he is, I guess, the oldest or among the oldest of the gods that are around today. Yeah, like, I think that's interesting that maybe the gods were part of that, the same realm as the Seelies and as the Moon Sisters. 
Just something to think about. That would be interesting too if they were actually born of the dragons, right? Mm-hmm. With Goba and Nahida, and even with some of our like theories around Paimon, we know that larger beings can condense themselves down. What if the original seven Solverns condensed themselves down into the original seven Archons? Mm. I still, I still think they're trapped in hypostasises, and that's who we're <laughs> fighting. That would be so cool. I just think that it makes sense because the gods seem to, you know, they all have these elemental powers. So it makes sense that they came to be under, you know, or like within the elemental realm. No, definitely. I would absolutely agree with that, B. It's interesting that none of them have ever thought to mention that Venti and Zhongli, seeing you're <laughs> the only two original ones around. And you know what? You too, <laughs> A, because you must have been somewhat around. She was around. She just didn't have the same knowledge as her sister, apparently. Well, it also depends on if A is a puppet herself, right? No. So. <laughs> mm. I'm squashing that theory. No, I don't know, man. I like it. Squashy. So, okay. So the other book that we were going to talk about is the Pale Princess and the Six Pygmies. As Tiff mentioned, we only have volume one, which we got from Lisa. Even though we know there's seven volumes, but we only the first one has officially been revealed in the game. Mm-hmm. If you want to spoil yourself, you can look up the other six volumes online, but those are not officially released yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how someone got them. Probably data mining. Yeah, I think it probably was. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's all completely confirmed because until it's officially released. Yeah, it's not confirmed at all. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. So it could change or it could not be real or we don't know. But anyway, in volume one, it says, In the distant past, the night mother ruled over the faraway land of night. Here no light touched the earth, nor did a single tree grow. And there was no life here but the horrendous denizens of the dark. Sounds like the abyss. The night mother was the source of all sins. And the land of night was the embodiment of her evilness. The cruel night mother, who had neither heart nor mouth, was always watching the land of night, and her punishments were always unexpected. The only thing she could not bear was the occasional ray of moonlight that made it through the clouds. The light that penetrated the walls of darkness always irritated her. So, wanted to pause here to say that could the night mother be just a theory she, that maybe she's the crown, the first crowned heir of the celestial kingdom from the battle pass cutscene, who yeah, like yeah. goes to find the Genesis Pearl and like forgets who she is. And she thinks that she's the queen of the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, continuing on the moonlight forest was the only place free from the rule of the night mother. Only there could the people bask in the bright moonlight and enjoy the grace it brought to the living. Everyone in the kingdom of the Moonlight Forest was born with fair skin, light-colored hair, and bright blue eyes. Perhaps the constant lack of sunlight and the nourishment of the moonlight was the reason for their beauty, giving them an appearance different from the abhorrent creatures lurking at the edge of the forest. So I don't know for sure, but it kind of seems like maybe the kingdom of the Moonlight Forest, I'm assuming that's where the Lunar Palace is? Mm-hmm. Probably in in the forest that is made of bamboo. <laughs> to me, this makes it sound like there's some kind of safe area within the abyss where the moonlight shines and it's keeping the abyssal creatures at bay. Maybe that is where one of the moon sisters like fell and died. Maybe like when, you know, they were like, I'm gonna beat you fucking up. Like, did you stabby stab? Like maybe one of their celestial bodies fell into the abyss and has made this moonlight kingdom where mm. I guess like yeah. those of the, the Seely ancestors were able to survive and escape the curse. Cause we know several people who have escaped curses. 
to <laughs> which again yeah. unexplained why but perhaps yeah, it would be it would be really interesting to just simply to go back to when we get this book like i mentioned in the beginning of the podcast we get this from searching for the lost the stolen book with lisa but we specifically get it we find out that there's an abyss mage that has it mm-hmm. and they say something really really kind of like cryptic which is I didn't think anybody else in Mondstadt was looking for the secret within the book. Which, oh, mm. I think, I can't remember what episode I talked about this on, but you know how in Soul and you control Alt-Delete, but there are ways to get around that with Nahida making that little cute story about Scaramouche as the cute little kitty cat, like that shit. I think maybe after the Cataclysm, they did that for the cure to the curse of Conria and put it into a book because it's technically not real. It's not fact. It's a fairy tale, but that's the secret. Right. Yeah. I think you did bring this up in, I want to say it was the Cataclysm episode, Al. Cataclysm. <laughs> yeah, I like that theory. And I'm very curious to see what the other volumes, once they're released, like how those will sort of be interpreted. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting that they are purposely like giving us the treat of saying, like, here's one out of seven, and then being like, but seven cannot be found. Like, it's just like clear that it's going to be another quest. And I feel like a lot of travelers don't even realize that this book is important. Because they rush through those starter quests. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked a lot about how when we go back and look at Mondstadt lore and gameplay, we're like, wait, what? (laughs) Because we all button mash to get through the start of that game because we all wanted the co-op. Exactly. (laughs) So it'd be interesting to see if they bring out what those other books are going to be soon. I would think we'd have to get one in Sumeru. We're at the like center of the academic life. Come on. Lots of books. Yeah. A whole bookcase. A whole library. A whole building dedicated to reading, basically. Like, come on. Or maybe in Fontaine, we'll find some like blueprints for the freaking carriages. <laughs> oh, should imagine. I'll make Albedo my star. Oh no. I kind of assume that the the abyss stole the other ones. Oh, that's an interesting thought. It's wherever they have them. That's where we'll find them. Mm. I mean, it belonged in Maybe they gave them all to child. <laughs> he doesn't even realize he has them. <laughs> he gave them to Skirk. Skirk was like, take these, my liege. Skirk and Child's like, cool, I'm gonna give these to Tonya and to Sir. <laughs> well, I know wouldn't it be wild if we find out that he's constantly been going back to the Abyss and like hanging out with Skirk? It would be interesting because we know that Skara is going back and forth to the Abyss, but Child does have a voice line that's like, one day I'll find Skirk and fight her. Yeah, oh yeah, that's true. We don't know how big the Abyss is, so he could have just like, I can't find this hoe. <laughs> Maybe he was the moonlight that shown in to the abyss no beautiful red hair child is the night mother are you gonna dye your hair even redder to match his red flag no <laughs> i will say just because you said the night mother i also would like to throw out there that i think that the woman narrating the bamboo forest book series totally think that's gold i don't know why but i just hear 
Really? There's actually another part of it where the boy's father or grandfather, someone would tell him about, you know, different tales, like folk tales. And one of them was that horse spirits would like appear to like help wanderers or something. And um, at the end of that book, he goes back as an adult to the same area and he like hears a faint whinnying near the water. I would love to hear a faint whinny in this freaking game. <laughs> where are the horses? <laughs> Yeah, so apparently that's like a thing that they're like horse spirits that come out of the water to help people or, or something. So uh, I wouldn't I, trust that. I would not trust that. It implies she's a horse spirit. She's a horse? Horse. Horse. Or both. Mm -hmm. No, I just don't trust any horse spirit that comes out of the water because if you touch them and you can't get off, they're going to fucking drown you. Oh, yeah. That's like that one book we read in book club. Travelers who may not know, Tiff, Al, and I are all in a book club together as well. But two crack theories. And I will say one of them I got some information from a Reddit thread that we will link on the site. So please make sure to check that out and really get the full look into this. But Tiff had mentioned earlier that in the Wiccan fate, they believe in the three fates. And the three fates are the woman, the maiden, and the crone. And there's a lot of other similar theories of thought in like other European theologies and religions and whatnot. So what if the three moon princesses are actually the same person and they're different shades of one another? Similar to how the primordial one had four shades. Mm -hmm. If there are three shades, it could have gone several ways. But one of the ways it could have gone is that there's some timey-wimey bullshit going on. And that the moon we see in the sky might be currently a dead moon but maybe back in the day they time traveled or something and that's why they kept taking turns for all we know we could still have a live moon princess in the sky or they could have just been three different shades of the same person broken down to create numerous moons to break down tasks i don't know Ooh. and i would think that in that case the calamity would have been that they were all trying to be in love with this morning star whoever that might be maybe it is the king of hell for Tavat, whatever that might be, because I'm stuck on the <laughs> Lucifer Morningstar bit. But if they were all trying to love the same person who existed in all of the time periods they were in, it could have created a calamity. I mean, imagine someone from 1800, 1900, and 2000 all trying to like get wrecked with like Polly D or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> that was the first Polly thing that came D. to my mind. <laughs> Getting wow. absolutely. You just revealed so much about yourself. Amy. I've never Polly watched Polly D. Shore. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fucking dude! And let me tell you, I've never watched an episode of Jersey Shore. I haven't either. <laughs> it still was the first thing that came into my mind. I cannot. I cannot. Also, what if this person, this like original god that they were, is actually that omnipresent god that we've talked about? Ooh. So in Inazuma, they have a statue of the omnipresent god where they were putting all of the visions. And we've said that that is totally not Makoto or A, and it does not match the statue of the seven in Inazuma either. It does match the Welkin moon. Yes, it does match the Welkin moon. So what if the idea is that that is actually the omnipresent god? We also know that this statue was gifted to Inazuma from another nation, but we don't know what nation. It was Shazdaya. Yeah, Shazdaya. Oh, it was Shazdaya? Okay, mm -hmm. so we know it was gifted from Shazdaya, which actually helps me out. Thank you, guys. To my <laughs> other theory. So in my other theory, there's the thought that there are a lot of different gods in different cultures that represent 
death, moon, the underworld, magic, witchcraft. So like some of the ones that come to mind when you think of her, like Hecate, Lilith, Diana, Morena. So there's a ton of them out there. And people could even say that if there are multiples of these, that maybe this is even more representation of those three shades where they're trying to represent multiple cultures as well. Don't know. But my favorite one, and I could be pronouncing this wrong, but in the Slavic folklore, there's a god called Morena or Morana, Morena. It's Morena. Morena. Okay, so there's a Slavic god called Morena. And Morena is actually known as the god of death and also the god of basically like winter and dark skies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. To me, that very much represents the Saritza. And we don't know a lot about the Saritza currently, but what if the Saritza was a moon princess or a moon sister? Because we get where, but we do get like a hint that maybe one of the moon princesses survived. And I know in the past we've talked that it could be Paimon, that maybe the god of time. As Istaroth. I went to say Astaroth, which is the demon of hell from the Ars Croatia. <laughs> Maybe it's Istaroth was a moon sister as well. But what if the Saritza is possibly a living moon sister or a moon sister who shrunk down her size into a lesser being, which I mean, going from being a moon to a archon, I don't know how that's lesser, but it could be. We don't know. Well, we know that this Saritza is not the original cryo-archon. Right. Yes, that's also true. I still think it could be a moon sister, though. True. It could be timey-wimey, but we do know their change toward everything happened during the cataclysm. Yeah, their vibe. And that means that the current archon of the Saritza was around before the cataclysm happened. Mm -hmm. So it could be old enough. It could be. We just don't know. Also could have been a moon princess that wasn't doing anything but vibing until the original Archon of Shiznaya died. True. I mean, you know, she could just be churn- like tr- like pulling a Chernabog in a Belabog to follow the Slavic gods here. <laughs> I do also think, though, we're missing a really important fact here that goes back to the Seelies, which is that there was a Seelie ancestor that is said to have survived. Yeah! Wasn't that the goddess of flowers? Is it confirmed to be goddess of flowers? Or is it Lilipar? Yes, Lilipar. Okay, yeah, Lilipar. Whoever... It's specific of like that little oasis in the desert that they came down in the desert and then they walked and there were flowers. Yeah. We'll get more into that in our Gods of the Desert episode coming later this season. But I wanted to say like, while there's a large suggestion that the goddess of flowers was the surviving Seelie, I think it's possible that she wasn't still and that she could have been a moon princess, that she could have been Istaroth, that she could have been Paimon. She hasn't touched the ground though. So I think that was a Paimon. Wait, what? Why? Because doesn't when she walks, that's the reason the nipple lotus is only in the moonlight. The only blooms in the moonlight. And that's when she walked nipple lotuses. That's not the name travelers. I'm sorry, but that's what I'm coming up with right now. It, it sprouts under her feet. Yeah, but it's not like the moon touches the ground. No, but they only bloom under the moon. Yeah, well, but you're saying the that the light. goddess of flowers made these things bloom. In the no, moonlight. I'm saying that the person, the Seelie ancestor that may have survived or the moon princess that may have survived had to touch the ground to make those. I think I'm getting confused. Yeah, because I think I think if we were saying that the goddess of flowers was the Seelie ancestor, then you'd be right. But I think it's just that the goddess of flowers had to touch the ground. I don't think that. I don't know. Brandon yeah. knows more about that than I do because I haven't finished the Jekt 
quest still because i got nauseous because <laughs> i got nauseous, nauseous. <laughs> oh my goodness and i never get motion sickness in genshin yeah it was rough flying like gliding through that ruin golem yeah yeah like i don't know in Konomiya, it didn't even do that to me it's because everything's everything's tilted and yeah it throws you off but yeah are there any other theories anyone wants to throw out i don't have any yet but i feel like i'm going to be chewing on a lot of this information for a while i'm really kind of into this idea that the night mother might be the person Person, the first crowned heir from the battle pass cutscene, but that's still kind of like of little consequence in the grand scheme of things so far, based on yeah. what we know. Like it doesn't really tie into much else yet. Mm -hmm. I'm really curious like how this all ties into endgame or if it will. <laughs> right. Or is it just this like folklore passed down from generation to generation? I mean, like Tiff said, was said to Lisa by someone is that this Pale Princess story does hold some kind of vital information. Yes. Some reason why the Abyss wanted it, at least. The Abyss Order wanted it. The Abyss. Okay. Yeah. So there's something in it, definitely that is important. I feel like they haven't really revealed enough yet for us to fully theorize what it might be, but mm -hmm. yeah. I just hate that Venti knows. I hate that Venti knows and he's running around drunk, not telling me. What do you think he knows? <laughs> yeah, what? where Where does that come from? Venti knows everything, I think. No. Venti is not old enough to know everything. We don't know that he's a wisp. We don't know how old his wisp version is. If Zhongli saw saw the, the sun crash, I think Venti did too. No, 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 because Venti's only 2,000 years old. But we don't have an age for Venti. Before Venti became Venti, he was just a wisp, so he was still here. We don't know that for sure. We know he was a wisp for sure. Well, we know he was a wisp, but yeah, I don't know how old he was. Did he, he even was. retain his memories from a wisp? Oh well, yeah, because he, he remembers to, because his that's dead how friend. Story. <laughs> that's only the dead friend, though. But he was a wisp when the friend was dead. He was a wisp when he was his friend. Yeah, like he oh, remembers right. all of that. Oh yeah, because he took the form of his I thought dead he friend. was in a human. I thought he was like masking as a different human when that happened. No, no, no the cutscenes and everything still show him as a wispy. Either way. I don't think he knows it. I no, still don't I think he totally knows it. think Venti knows. And I think it's because he also knows what's up with the Saritza. Well, he's also been able to talk with the Saritza. So what does that mean? I think him and the Saritza used to be BFFs. Ex exactly. He would have more knowledge of that rather than possibly the knowledge. Of, like, sure, he might have seen the sun fall down. Doesn't mean he understands why it fell down. But he's friends with Andreas. He's friends with Zhongli. He was friends with the Saritza. He's the only one who seems to have any interaction with the Saritza. The Raiden Shogun even mentions knowing, like Venti, that the gods used to get together and chill. According to the internet, <laughs> the entity now known as Barbados was in wisp form 2600 years ago and that's when he formed a bond with the nameless bard so we just know that 2600 years ago he was around yeah he and like he could have been told the happenings by Zhongli but I don't see why Zhongli would be telling him that or anyone else be telling him that well that's why I think the Venti knows everything on his own. I also think the Venti knows us already. And I think the Venti is hiding a lot from us. And I think the Zhongli is also hiding stuff from us, but he's bound by contracts. So in my head, Venti knows everything. And it's just sitting there at Angel Share drinking his mind numb because he remembers all this shit too. 
For all we know, the Saritza could be the Seelie ancestor who, like, finally got her memory back. And that's why she has, like, that... Remember, like, the Saritza's thing is, like, the love? Like, she's been heartbroken, basically? We don't... We I thought we, we were gonna say that was Piero. Anyway, I think that the Saritza, who is heartbroken, could have been that Seelie ancestor who, like, remembered that she was separated from her true love and remembered that she was forced to forget him and now has this coldness because of that, too. So I don't know. There could be a lot going on. And I just think that Venti knows what the hell it is. He knows. <laughs> head cannon. Feeny's head cannon. <laughs> Venti knows all. The wind knows all. And not for nothing, but Venti used to be besties with Istaroth, which means that Venti knows where Istaroth is, A, which is like a whole thing. He yeah. knows what happened. Who is one of the four shades of the primordial one, which is right. weird. Because if the gods were around before the primordial one and the primordial one created the human realm on top of their realm that's a little interesting that mm -hmm. the gods would be bf a god would be bffs with a shade of the one who like overthrew your <laughs> seven sovereigns like your leaders and like basically invaded your world and gave it to humanity and let me just throw out there too that if Ventine and istaroth were that close first off istaroth has all this insight like b was just you know, insinuating, but also Istaroth is the time god. So can Istaroth time travel? And is that the real reason why Venti says we've met before? Because maybe Venti time traveled back with Istaroth at one point and met us. I don't know. It's all a crack theory. It's all speculation. But <laughs> I just think that there's a big chance that Venti is a key. And I also think that everything's going to end in Monsad, so that could also be part of it, but we like, well, you know, whatever. Like, he's one of the ones that knows we've all been in a time loop over and over and over again. <laughs> what if Venti's, like, one of the only people who remembers each time loop? Aww. And that's why he's like, what's the point of telling you anything? I already tried that, like, you know, 300 cycles ago. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Nahida can't even figure it out. <laughs> so this is another crack theory and this kind of comes with the idea of me trying to understand why we as the traveler regardless of who you choose has the ability an almost godlike ability to conquer all the elements of Tavat, right we can resonate with statues and we can be animo we can be geo we can be electro we can be dendro we can obviously going to be pyro cry <laughs> uh hydro at some point maybe even a, a secret one we don't know and it's like wow we really are a big ass godlike character you know mc shit and i get like gameplay wise why they do it but lore wise i was thinking hmm well we know for a fact that an outlander got with a Seelie ancestor and they're supposed to be a fair skin, fair hair, right? Very blonde-esque. What if the twins are their kids and they're the ones once, you know, the calamity happened and then their parents were cursed. What if they had gone to Celestia to fight because maybe they were wanting Celestia to do something to stop the curse or do something about everything that was happening? And they were like, nah, you're, you have outlander blood, which is why she calls us outlanders. It also explains the powers. <laughs> but yeah, we could be, we could be of Seelies. But the, the outlander was a human. Yeah. Never said descenders weren't human though. Well, so the, 
Yeah. I mean, the, the Seelie ancestor got with a human. What if one of the moon sisters got with someone like from the sun palace and they had twins, Ether and Lumine, which represent the sun and the moon? That's possible, but I can't remember which story it was, but it referenced that the human was considered an outlander. Yeah, that's talking about the Se- the one the Seelie got, the Seelie ancestor got with. That exactly. Created. Which is why I'm saying when we're in the first cutscene, when we're fighting the sustainer of Heavenly Principle, that's why we're being called Outlanders. Because we're half Seelie, half Outlander, aka human. Oh yeah, I guess I always thought it was just because we were Descenders. I thought it was just because we weren't from this area. Which makes sense. It could be. (gasps) You You ain't from New York. Get out of my backyard. Because I mean... Other people call us Outlanders too. It's not like just that time. That's true. But, but but they wouldn't all know a secret about us exactly and also why would we be fighting the sustainer of heavenly principles because she beat us up but why started it she started it (laughs) she looked at us wrong but why though i always thought it was because we weren't of the world and we were gonna ruin whatever she had in store yeah we felt bad for the people there have been several descenders has she done it with every single one maybe we don't know exactly for all we know she's a descender herself and we're coming in to fuck up more shit like she did i really think she is the second one who came and she's like maybe the son that fell was the actual first who came she sat upon the throne and they were like oh fuck hit the sun falling into the whatever and causing this curse is why the twins are fighting this sustainer of heavenly principles look yeah i think you might be going a little farther <laughs> just because now we're getting into the travelers am i going too far who's for here first the primordial one or the actual land where this could have fell you know who says that the first who came isn't the primordial one yeah but you're saying that if they were like for the sun to have fallen earth had to be there yeah the primordial one had made it he was you know brain yeah but he couldn't also be the one who came out well, of it. well that's a little iffy because we know that the light elemental realm we don't know for sure that there wasn't some kind of land that's true yeah we just know that the primordial one created the heavens and the earth in a way that would benefit humans so they might have just changed land that was already there you know what i mean or maybe it was all like ocean or there was it was like i don't know lava or like different elements (laughs) you know like what if some of it was lava some of it was water some of it was It was just a gas cloud. (laughs) You know what I mean? They made it livable for humans. So like we would we would assume that when the primordial one made the earth and the heavens, they basically made it as Tabat right now, minus a few like sky nails. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. And and that's what I'm saying, because we don't know. I feel in my heart of hearts that the twins are both of this world and not of this world because we know they're the fourth descender. That doesn't mean that the outlander wasn't a descender and just because he's a de- or they're a descender, it kind of like is passed down in a way. I feel like because the primordial one created a human realm that a human can't be a descender. But they're only half human in this theory. But the Seelie married a human. So it's like, I don't think that a human well, could have descended. Well, a human could be a descender if they came from a different world where that also had humans. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I thought humans were just a one world thing. This is so confusing. I mean, there's a whole game called Honkai, Honkai Impact. Impact. Oh my god, not the Honkai. <laughs> and I think we On have, the side uh, of the Honkai. We have no time left for today. <laughs> <laughs> Suffice it to say, there's a lot of things that could or could not be going mm-hmm. on. <laughs> 
<laughs> hopefully eventually we'll get some kind of an answer <laughs> yeah or at least more paths into a an answer <laughs> yeah i gotta say i was hoping digging into this would help connect it into <laughs> like quote-unquote modern day to that and it really didn't too much like it did create some fun theories but i think we're still missing a lot of information but it was good to like go through and like lay it out because i for the longest time was like wait is the a moon sister a seely and is the seely is the like i didn't even know the difference between the two and i feel like now at least i understand that their real only connection in game so far that is confirmed is that the moon sisters you know witnessed this union between the seely ancestor and the human outlander yeah that's very true but now we're like okay well we don't know for sure that the moon sisters are not seely so that i I feel like it was really helpful and it created some fun theories and I'm going to be tying a lot of stuff back to this lore as we learn new things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when we come back to our episode about Lilipar and the Goddess of Flowers and King Deshrit, which we're going to do later in the season, I think that we'll have a lot more information, fingers crossed. Yes. With rumors <laughs> of like more desert and stuff going on and whatnot. But I do think that is all the time that we have for today, travelers. Thank you guys for coming down this journey with us. Please let us know what you think think about the moon sisters the moon princesses whatever you prefer to call them you can let us know by following us or messaging us on instagram tales of tavat pod or messaging us following us tweeting us on twitter at tales of tavat additionally travelers you can send us an email at tales of tavat pod at gmail.com to let us know what you thought about today's theories conspiracies some of the lore we covered what are your thoughts we want to know lastly we just want to let our travelers know that we do have a ko-fi and you're more than welcome to check that out if you're interested we do have it linked on our site there is no pressure of course but we did have some travelers ask about it so we wanted to give you an option there otherwise travelers safe journeys we'll see you next time bye lunar nerds <laughs>